Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Streams podcast. I'm Brandon, and today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Ryan Romeo. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course, man. I, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I knew that you'd be on, and I just couldn't decide which which topic to discuss with you, but uh, you kind of chose that for me Here by preaching yesterday. <laughs> so, Here it is. Yeah, yesterday you, you spoke on the topic of rest as kind of the way to culminate this uh, this conversation we've been having during the Other Hours series. Yeah. Um, and you titled your sermon uh, Counterfeit Rest, is that right? That's right, Counterfeit Rest, yeah. Okay. And really, I mean, for me... You know, the original title was Rest in the Digital Age, but which is a very David Stockton title. And I was chewing on that, you know, like, what does it look like to rest right now in mm-hmm. terms of what society is dealing with right now? And um, as I was going through it, I started to realize you're pouring into numbers about, you know, Netflix and how much time we spend on our phone. And I started to get real introspective and go, when I want to rest, I lay mm-hmm. on the couch and open up Netflix or open up right. Instagram or whatever. And it is not as restful as I thought. And I started to realize this is more of a distraction than it is rest, you know. So that was really what fueled, you know, yesterday when we were diving into it. So Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and you brought up some amazing, amazing points. I mean, it yeah, at one point you did make the joke, this is starting to feel a little bit like a TED Talk because of all the information that you brought to the table. Yeah. But I would love to dive in a little bit deeper on some of the topics you addressed yesterday yeah. about how technology affects the way that we rest. And yeah. I think you brought up a great point that I that I thought was just fantastic. It's so much harder to actually achieve deep rest in the 21st century, I think, than it ever has been, which is sure. super counterintuitive because technically speaking, we do have more time off. We have more leisure time than we've yes. ever had before in history. And yes. yet people feel so burnt out all the time. Why is that? It's true. And it was funny. I was going over stats and, and <laughs> we have way more free time than ever before in history. Yeah. Um, and yet you talk to everybody and it's like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm stressed and I'm mm-hmm. anxiety and I'm, and everybody's feeling this like constant busyness. You right. Know? And I joked yesterday, everybody goes on vacation and they come back and they say the same thing. Totally. I need a vacation from my vacation. <laughs> they come back and they're still not rested. Mm-hmm. And what I was really diving into yesterday was the fact that we just spend so much time on our phones, on our computers, watching TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think that that's restful, but it's not. It's not doing it. So some of the stats I was talking about, it, like we open our phone 110 times a day, you know. <sighs> So bam, 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 bam. And I, I believe it. I'm like, yeah. I, I'm sure I've opened it more times than that and mm-hmm. on a day, you know, especially if I'm on tour or something like you're right. in a place where you're, you have a lot of free time. You're going to be opening your phone a lot. And you spend about four hours a day realistically on your phone. Statistically, that's, that's what people are spending on wow. the phone. And when I was diving into some of the numbers with college students, it was like, a lot of them spend more time on their phone than they spend sleeping. Which is crazy. Yeah, which (laughs) is crazy. And so you go, all right, we're all feeling tired. And we, you know, for, I mean, I'm sure you can attest to this. You feel like, oh, I want to rest. I'll watch Netflix or I'll Mm. open up my phone. But it's not working. People are still exhausted. And that was the thing I kept coming back to going, okay, this is not real rest. Like this Mm -hmm. is this. There's something else when and Jesus is, is talking about in Matthew 11 saying, I will give you real rest. I think those of us, even in the Christian world, we're not walking in real rest. And not that I had a full prescription yesterday on mm-hmm. what real rest looks like. I've got a few points. 
Um, but I'm exploring that too as I'm interacting with this sort of technology. Totally. You know? Yeah. And, and honestly, your, your sermon hit home for a lot of people. I, I've been talking to people all this entire morning and yesterday afternoon, they're saying like, I really need to spend some more time away from my phone. I don't even realize how much time it's consuming. Yes. And so it was so funny. Yesterday after church, um, my wife and I were driving home, and she's like, I think I want to stop by Target and get an alarm clock. <laughs> I, I think I need to turn off the phone and leave it in the other room yes. because it really, it just, you don't realize how much time you spend just like, looking at your phone and, yeah. and I, especially if for those of us who have like smartwatches and stuff like that, like you're constantly just getting notification after oh, notification yeah. after notification. And what's funny is like, it's not evil. Like I said yesterday, like your phone's not evil. It's just mm-hmm. new. Like in, in terms of history, the, the, the technology that we have right now is a tiny blip on the totally. radar, you know? So we're like collectively children looking mm-hmm. at this technology going, how does it affect us? I talked to Don Wooster after service yesterday, and he said, I have Life magazines from the 1930s, and in there it says, three out of five doctors recommend smoking unfiltered Mm -hmm. camels, you know. (laughs) And it's not that they were bad people, or, you know, they just didn't understand that the the science hadn't caught up with um, where they were at. And we're in the same way. Science hasn't fully caught up with where we are technologically. And we have to be able to say... Obviously, we're doing a video podcast, and we love technology. We love Instagram. We use all that stuff. All of those tools are so, so good. So it drives me crazy when people say all the technology is evil or all social media is evil or that it's not real. And I'm like, no, it's real. Social media for sure makes a real impact on people's lives. But at the same time, when we're looking at ourselves and we're being introspective and we have moments where we could take a step back and go... We have to be really careful with this too. Like this is a tool that is just that. It's a tool. Yeah. It's not everything in life. And we have to be really careful with the time we spend with it. Right. And I think that, I mean, that's that's the point is that this this technology we have is so brand new. I've, I've heard statistics that we have more um, information available to us in the last like 20 years than the sum of human history combined. Yes. And yeah. and it's, it's amazing this, the access that we have, but I don't think that we've quite figured out what to do with the information that we have or, mm. or the way that we access it. And I, I yeah. think yesterday you brought up a really good point that we've just gone through in the last 20, 25 years, the biggest um, mo- step forward as far as uh, communication that we've experienced in 500 years. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and we haven't quite seen the full effect of what that honestly means. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that's the point is that in, in the church specifically, you have two different views. You have people that are like the ones who are going all in saying, yes, technology is amazing. We're just going to go full all into in. it. Yes. Or like we're scared to death and we're going to stay as far away from this as possible. Yeah. How, how do you strike that, that middle ground of using technology but understanding that it's a tool, it's not an end in and of itself? Well, I love – well, there's two things. I mean, one thing in life, I love – tension. And you and I have talked about that all the time. Yeah, totally. I, I never like when the church is like, this is how you solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Done. Check it off. Um, it's a very complicated issue in life. Right. So there are some people that are so addicted that they need to cut out social media. Mm-hmm. And I talked to a guy yesterday. who's was like, I got rid of all my social media apps. Yeah. I'm like, I, I just realized I need to get away from it. And the comparison, like we were talking about, like comparing yourself to the mm-hmm. high, highlight reel of other people's lives. Right. There are people that dive into that and it causes real, real emotional stress in their life and they need to fully cut it out. There's other people that I think 
can walk that line a little bit more. And for me, I think the best way that I've learned how to do it is trying to take digital Sabbath. Okay. And so I said this yesterday, and I'm not the best at it, and I've skipped Saturdays before, but for the, for the most part, I try to take Saturday and turn my phone off completely mm-hmm. and say there's no, I'm not going to interact at all with it. Because I know myself, if I leave it on my you know, kitchen countertop yeah. and it dings, I'm going <laughs> to run over there and go, ah. and I know that Saturdays are my day that I'm like, I have to mm-hmm. make sure Friday I take care of all the work that I can. Um, it's a day off, Friday's a day off at church, but I'm still working on my podcast or mm-hmm. tour or book or whatever. And so Fridays, I'm working really hard on that stuff and trying to wrap everything up so that Saturday I could shut my phone off. And I've read about people who do an hour a day. You know, they shut off Mm -hmm. their phone in the morning. Um, Yesterday, too, the tension of having the Bible on your phone. Yeah. Sometimes, like, I've realized recently, like, hey, this is actually a problem for me. It's really great. It's very convenient. Um, But... I think I should probably go back to like the good old fashioned, like dust yeah. off my paper Bible and totally. sit down and yeah. start reading it. You know, um, there's just that kind of ebb and flow in life. And you have to be um, aware, self-aware enough to go, I think I'm slipping down a, a bad path and understanding, like we talked about yesterday, the science of it, like understanding when you get a notification, that's addicting. Like yeah. it's, it's that, sh- you know, that shot of dopamine and you have to be so, so careful with that. So even for me, turning off all notifications on my phone, mm-hmm. other than text, which is the point of text, but you know, email notifications, everything else, like I've turned off mm-hmm. all of that because I don't want that constant dinging and that constant like feedback of somebody's trying to get in touch with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know, those are a couple things I do. So. Yeah, totally. And and this is a conversation we've been having for for a long time, yes. right? especially considering that I'm overseeing our online campus development and this whole thing. Yes. And then you and I both have backgrounds in communications. And so it's something that we're, we're always talking about. Like, how do you use the medium in order to preserve the message that you want to portray? Yes. And I think something that I, that I, we talked a ton about, um, when I was in, in, um, undergrad was talking about the idea of, um, medium theory and mm. how, how the medium that you use to communicate affects you. And Marshall McLuhan's yes. got that great line where he's like, medium is message. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yes. I, I don't know if I go that far, you know what I mean? Yes. But there was an analogy I heard in school that I think was really good. And it was the tools that we use, they, they end up shaping us. For sure. And like, you mm. think about like somebody who's digging a hole, like, obvi- like the tool that the person's using is affecting what they're doing, but it's also affecting them. You end up with calluses and blisters yes. and all that kind of stuff. And so you using a specific tool, ultimately it does affect you. Yes. And I think that we haven't quite grappled with that reality that this new technology that we're using all the time, it is affecting us. For and sure. you talked about yesterday, you talked about anxiety and I think that it would mm. be good to dive a little bit deeper into that and how yes. technology relates to the increase in anxiety we see in this generation. For sure. Um, I think, yeah, this is, this is a great example of that where the medium that we're using to communicate really does start affecting us. Um, and I read this, this research, um, cause I'm in the middle of writing my next book and I'm wrapping it up and there's a section in there I wrote called the noise yeah. and it really is talking about, uh, the noise that's constantly coming at us. And I said, the real problem with the noise is not that it communicates lies to you or anything else. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about pursuing dreams that God gave you problem with the noise is that it just tells you to do it later or that mm-hmm. you're too tired and you just kind of keep pushing things off that you should be diving into. 
And part of the research I was doing with that book, I dove into uh, this study in the University of Sussex where they were mm -hmm. uh, looking at the effects of multitasking on your brain. Yeah. And really on your phone, that's what you're doing. You're multitasking. You're jumping from Instagram to Twitter to, to mm -hmm. text message to anything. I mean, yeah. I was telling that story <laughs> yesterday of like all of a sudden I found myself looking at survival bunkers on Pinterest when I started off, you know, on Instagram. And there was like 18 steps between those mm -hmm. two. And what my brain was doing was constantly firing on a bunch of different subjects. And the study in, in the University of Sussex said that what happens when you're multitasking is that you're just getting shallow, right. like you're just yeah. diving into these things in a very shallow way. And what you're doing is you're actually operating off of gut instinct, which is more of the emotional center of your brain. So you're just going like real quick, like here's my thought on that subject. Here's my thought on that subject. Here's mm -hmm. my thought on that subject. And the study found that when you're doing a lot of multitasking, especially with media, um, it starts to affect the density of your gray brain matter, okay. which is like frightening. And they said it makes your gray brain matter more porous, which means the more we're multitasking and getting into these like really, like we're just operating off of the emotional center of our brain, the less we are able to actually get into deep thought anymore. Hmm. So our ability to have conversation, our ability to do this gets harder right. and harder and harder um, because we just can't dive into one idea for that long. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that they found is when you're operating off of that emotional center of your brain, it lights that part of your brain up a lot more. And so you, when you're operating out of emotions a lot more, things like anxiety spike things like anger spike um, because you're just so uh, so used to operating out of gut instinct and you're just really aware of emotions. And that as a society, we have to take a step back and go, okay, like this thing in my hand is addictive and I'm staring at it all the time and it's affecting my brain. And I need to be able to put those together and go, okay, this is a beautiful tool, but it's a tool that I have to put boundary conditions around in my mm -hmm. life. Nobody's gonna do that for you. You're the one that has to say, okay, I have a problem right now and I need to pause. And, and I think it's huge. And the other thing I think when you were saying it affects, like the medium affects what we're doing, mm -hmm. for a church, what's so interesting for me is I realize now, especially with running the Proverbs daily, like people respond to quicker and quicker ideas. Yeah. So you can't say two sentences anymore. That's way too long for people. Like you have to get everything down into <laughs> the shortest sentence possible. Like five words is the best, you know? And it's really made me a little bit like, I've analyzed culture a lot based on that. And I think looking at our sermons and everything else, we relate to sermons now mm -hmm. based on a 10 second chunk. Like. Yeah. What did, you know, Elevation say this year or this week or, you know, Stephen Furtick say this week or whatever? Like, can we boil it down into a very, very short chunk? And it's because we have that attention span problem. We have that problem where it's affecting our brain to the point where we're like, we can't dive into theology. We don't have time to actually hear a story from someone. Yeah. We just need that, like, quick sentence to go, yeah, I like it or no, I don't like it, you mm -hmm. know. So it does. It's, it's, it's a medium that affects our message in a big way, yeah. you know?
So, And when you're operating at that intensely high level of stimulation all the time, it's incredibly yeah. hard to come down to a place of actual genuine rest. Yeah. And I think that's where it connects, you yeah. know, into this topic of, of Sabbath is because even when you're Sabbathing, and this is something that I found, I don't feel rested after most of the yeah. time. And I think I've, this last weekend, I really tried to like disconnect as much as I possibly could. And especially after last week's podcast, I was talking with Mark <laughs> and Alec, and they're they're talking about how they're taking 24 hours to actually completely disconnect from um, from the outside world and really yeah. just begin to dive into um, encountering the presence of God and allowing yeah. the space for that. Mm. And I think like what you say with the with the Bible app is a great point <laughs> because it's it's an easy short shortcut for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I oftentimes am reading the Bible on you version and oh, which yeah. is awesome. It's great yeah. for being on the go. But yeah. then, then the text message comes up and it's like, Oh, I can respond to that really quickly. <laughs> yeah. And then the next thing you know, is like, what was I reading again? Was I praying? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's the point is yeah. that we're not able to ever in- disengage enough to finally find that place of quiet. And I think, yeah. I mean, the Bible's so full of examples where Jesus himself in, in the day and age where he lived, which was obviously a lot more quiet than it is today, <laughs> yes, he yeah. would still escape and go off into a secluded yeah. place where he can encounter the Father. Yes. And that's something that I think is even more difficult for us today. For sure. And it's so important. I was talking about yesterday, you know, like we, we see Jesus leave the group and go spend some time alone with mm-hmm. the Father because he needed to do that. Um, the problem with us is we leave everybody, but when we bring our phone with us, we're bringing everybody yeah. with us. So you're just bringing all those distractions with you and seeing what Jesus modeled getting away. It's funny, I was reading all this research and uh, this lady who is not Christian at all, uh, but she's like, all this research is pointing to if you spend 24 hours completely disconnected mm-hmm. from any technology, that it helps your brain reset and it helps yeah. you get back to healthy emotional states and stuff like that. And as if it's some new idea, and I'm like, no, it's not a new idea. Like, it's all the way back in Genesis. Like, take Mm -hmm. that day and disconnect and rest. And I think that's where I started talking about, like, counterfeit rest, because we think, oh, I'm going to take 24 hours and I'm going to rest, and I'm going to binge watch Netflix, and I'm going to pull open, you know, whatever. And no, like, that does not actually help you at all. And you need to give your brain a rest from that multitasking. And... And I love, like, we take the 24 hours and um, engaging with life. Like, it's, it's just, it's so funny how we just get this fog over our eyes. Yeah. Like, I am so in my head right now because I'm, like, thinking about so many different things that I'm just not even engaged in life. Right. Um, and I was telling someone yesterday, I said, my, I've been getting more in the habit. Like, my daughter will come to me and she'll be talking, you know, mm-hmm. May is six-year-old, like, rambling state, you know. And I'm staring at her face and like five minutes in, I realize I don't know what she's saying. And I have to like stop and be like, I get down on my knees. I go, sweetie, I'm sorry. Daddy was a little distracted. What were you just saying? Can you take it a step back? And trying to like engage back with life Mm. and, and, you know, taking 24 hours, spending time in the presence of God is huge, huge, huge. And I think that what dovetails with that though, and plays along with that is getting back to engaging with the people that we love in our yeah, lives too, like absolutely. getting back to paying attention to our wife, paying attention to our kids, you know, um, and understanding that the way that we live right now is not conducive to being mm-hmm. present with real life. And we have to force ourselves and be, like I said, self-aware enough to go, I am not engaging with real life right now. I need to set that aside, pause and go, okay, sweetie, what were you saying again? You yeah. know, so. Yeah. Totally, yeah, I, I noticed a couple years ago 
how, how technology was affecting me and how much I was on social media and that sort of thing. And I was noticing when I was getting in an elevator, I'd immediately open Instagram. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't, this is awkward. <laughs> this is weird. I'm just going to like disengage for a minute. Yeah. And I started realizing if I cannot last 20 seconds without feeling like I need to escape to some yes. sort of yeah. an outlet that's like th that relieves me of boredom essentially yes. yeah. then there's a problem yeah. and and a few years ago I went and I I spent 3 months in a little tiny village in the middle of the jungle in Belize and yeah. I felt so incredibly stressed for probably two <laughs> weeks because we didn't have internet access half the time. And I was just like, yeah. "What? I, I feel like I need, I need something. You know what I mean? I need to be busy. I need to be doing something. And I yes. was like, no, you don't. You need, you need to take a step back. And I started realizing, man, this thing's really affecting Detox, me. Detox. And, yeah. si and <laughs> since then, I've really tried to put a limit on like how much time I spend on social media, how much time I spend yeah. um, watching TV, that sort of thing, because it really does affect you. And it affects the way that you engage with the world around you. For sure. When I take that 24 hours off, mm -hmm. it's so funny. I, like, I was sitting in line at, I think, at the grocery store or something. And... Um, gosh, where was I? Oh, no, we were doing pictures for my daughter for softball. Not important. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody cares. Um, but I was in line with a bunch of people, and I didn't have my phone, and I started, like, looking around, and I'm like, everybody's on their phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm the weirdo without anything to do. And everyone started looking at me like, what is this guy doing? Like, yeah. why is he so observant of the world around him? You know, and I'm like, I felt so, like... I don't know. So I'm just walking around, just paying attention to architecture, just looking at the sky. And, mm -hmm. and I read this study that said some of our best creative moments, which, of course, I, I won't go into creativity. I love talking about creativity, <laughs> ne too. Next time. Next we'll time. Next time. <laughs> but some of our best creative moments happen out of boredom. Like the, some of the greatest creative things that happen in our mind is when we sit back. I mean, as a kid, like I think about as a kid, I didn't have a phone when I was yeah. a kid. So I'd sit in my backyard and I would pretend I was a pirate or something, or I would dig a hole. I li you know, li grew up in Tucson without a pool, so I'd dig a <laughs> hole and fill it with water like it was a pool. Um, and just things like that, that would come to me and I would build things and I'd learn how things worked. And, and it's because I was bored. I let myself get bored. And even mm -hmm. your like, self-control on the elevator, like even when you can have little, little wins like that, like right now I'm bored and I'm not going to open up my phone. And I'm going to just fight myself just for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's like what David talked about with um, Sabbath being for resistance. Yeah. Resistance is huge. Like pushing back and going, you know what? I'm going to let myself be bored a little bit right now. Or I'm going to push that aside and read a book or mm -hmm. build something. That was that quote I loved yeah. that I found, um, that Jewish proverb that says, if you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. Yep. And if you work with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. And I find that so much like you've been to my backyard, you know, mm -hmm. like, and, and actually this is a table that I built that ironically <laughs> that we're having a conversation on because I just, I, I, I realized this week, like, that's how I rest. Mm -hmm. I have to stop trying to think about things. If I read books, that becomes work for me too. I start highlighting things mm -hmm. and going, oh, I should post that on Proverbs daily. Like, no, that's work for me. I need to set that aside and go, you know what I really need to do is run to Home Depot, grab some wood build something for my kids. And I find at the end of the day, I'm exhausted physically, 
but mentally my brain has recharged too, you know? Yeah. So finding those sort of things is crucial. Totally. Crucial. And we talked about that a lot in the last episode where we were trying to define like, what does Sabbath actually look like? And I think mm. rather than taking it to a weird legalistic place, we yeah. were trying to ask ourselves questions. And I was talking to Mark and Alec about that. Is it is it rest and is it worship? And that's kind of the criteria mm. we landed on of yeah. trying to determine what's Sabbath and what's not. Yeah. And for you, like, because you work with your brain all week, you know, doing manual labor may be a form of rest for you. But yes. for someone in the exact opposite position, you know what I mean? Maybe sitting and reading a book or something like that's going to be the most yes. restful thing that they can do. Yeah. And I think it doesn't really matter as long as at the end of the day, you know, do you have enough self-awareness to understand like what is actually giving my soul the nutrients that it needs? Absolutely. And I think that we, yeah. d- we just don't understand how to do that. As a Western society, we haven't quite <laughs> figured out yeah. that it's okay to, to step back and the world's going to keep turning it's not yeah. it's not dependent upon us and i like how you brought up that idea of resistance because it is countercultural to be the one guy in the <laughs> coffee shop not on his phone and just looking around like a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But but it's a small step in the right direction of understanding yes. that we're called to a life that is countercultural. And yes. I think in the yeah, ancient Near East, sure. like yeah, there was sure. there's always been a judgment on the Jewish people for they're the ones who are taking the day off. You know what I yeah. mean? And and they're, they're the weirdos they're actually the weirdos. doing it. Yeah. And, and, but yeah. I mean, here we are and we're looking at science and it's saying we need a 24 hour break in our, in yes. our week. But, but yeah. more than that, I think we need to understand how to do that on a daily basis because I don't For think sure. once a week is going to cut it. No, no, no. It's like this habit. You have to get into that habit. And introspection is really hard when you're paying attention to everyone else, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, it's hard to go, how do I find rest when you're spending all of your free time yeah. Like we talked about this yesterday, comparing yourself to people on social mm-hmm. media, like comparison is exhausting. You yeah. can scroll through and go, I could be a much better husband or I should be a much better, like better follower of Jesus. You find people, you're like, oh my gosh, they're selling everything and moving to you know South America. What am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to pay attention to the rhythms of your life and pay attention to what God's saying to you when all of your attention is on everybody else. And it's easy, it avoid, you avoid boredom, and that's why I said yesterday, for me, the real linchpin idea yesterday was the world is offering distraction, yeah. but Jesus is offering rest. And I don't care if you're a Christian or not a Christian, you're in this sort of frantic pace of life. And it's one of those things that if as a Christian, mm-hmm. we could start looking different than everybody else. And instead of everyone coming to us and going, how's your week? And we go, oh, it's busy. It's insane. Like everyone else. Mm-hmm we start to go, I'm doing pretty good. I'm feeling healthy, yeah. uh, not just physically, but emotionally. I'm feeling healthy spiritually. Like that is something that's going to speak volumes to the world around us. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I'm really, it's, I feel brand new in the season, like this renewed resolve to be like, I want to live differently. I want to live differently. I don't want to be the guy that says I'm tired all the time. I don't want to be the guy that says I'm exhausted all the time. But I want to say I'm rested, but I want to be honest, too. I don't want to be, like, religious about it and go, oh, I feel great, and on the inside I'm dying, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I want there to be this genuine, true rest that comes into my life. And you don't get that without time with Jesus and time to be bored and think a little bit about how you're feeling, you know? Yeah. I mean, Ryan, you're one of the maybe busiest people I know in terms of you have a lot of responsibilities. You've got a a tour that you're managing. You're writing multiple books. You're uh, overseeing all the creative process here at Living Streams. And so how how have you been able to implement rest in your life, 
to mm. an extent that you actually feel like you're able to stay healthy when you've got yeah. so many responsibilities. I mean, you were just telling me right before we went on <laughs> the podcast that you've got 50 pages to write on your book yes. before tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm in the editing phase, which is, I wish I was writing. Editing is so much harder for me. Mm. Um, but it is, I do think I start taking, I've always uh, had the habit of taking into account my day and going, okay, how am I spending my time? Mm -hmm. Um, and I've had people go, man, how do you have time to write the book? And what's funny is when I first started writing the book, it was actually very restful for me because I love this. Like we were talking about it just before we went, went live here. Like, uh, I love taking apart life a little bit and analyzing it. Mm -hmm. And that's writing is really all totally, that, you know, yeah. like had this story that happened in my life. This is what I learned. This is what I realized in the middle of it. And so there's a season where sometimes work and rest get blurry for me. Mm -hmm. So like that was very therapeutic for me. I got to spit out yeah. a bunch of stuff. Now I'm in the editing phase. This is firmly work. Like I get no recharge when I'm done. I'm exhausted when I'm mm -hmm. done. It is work. And I think paying attention to yourself, paying attention to those rhythms. Um, but like I said, taking that 24 hours to shut yeah. down. Um, and even we've, we've talked a little bit about outcry and I actually just did a podcast about outcry and mm -hmm. having to cancel the last tour um, and the emotions that went along with that one of the great things that came on the backside of it as I started to realize how it was this background noise of stress in my yeah. life and once it was gone it was painful that it was gone but I was like thank you God because I was aware now I've, I, I've been operating stressfully you know yeah absolutely and this idea that the world relies on you like with if you're not engaged that somehow everything's going to blow up those are these like base beliefs that we have to start tackling in our lives like mm -hmm. you can create space and still be stressed all day long if you believe yeah. like i'm disconnecting but everybody's going to be so mad at me when i re reconnect that makes the disconnect like mm -hmm. it just makes it null and void to me like yeah. you're stressed the whole time and, and you have to do that sort of that groundwork, that heart level stuff of going, the world doesn't rely on me. Um, I can disconnect for a little bit. If somebody's mad at me because I didn't get back to them, that's okay. My, mm -hmm. my self-worth does not rise and fall on other people's opinions. These are like deep groundwork things that for me in my life, I feel like the Lord's kind of given me a, a real great insight in and a great um, um, like gut instinct about a little bit more. And with this book, even writing yeah. it, I've been kind of unpacking, like, what, what do I, like, how do I compartmentalize? Um, but all of those things, I mean, I think for every person, it looks different. It really does. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I've spent, even, even when I was in a season where, like, I wasn't sleeping real great. And sleep is everything in rest. Like, yeah. you need sleep to have good rest. <laughs> and it's like the foundational thing. And I would wake up at two in the morning and start thinking about stuff. And... And I'd be like, maybe I need to take melatonin or maybe I need to just like watch TV or like I tried everything and I'd wake up and my brain was just going at 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. And one night I decided, you know, when I wake up at 2 a.m., I'm going to write. And that was like I was in the middle of writing the book, but there wasn't a lot of stress around it. But I realized if my brain's active anyway, I might as well just start spitting words out on a page, you know, and I would write from like two to three thirty in the mm -hmm. morning and then I would get real tired and I would go to bed. <laughs> and there's a surprising amount of this last book that I wrote probably around two to four in the morning, you know, 
And it's, and that was just a season where that was restful for me. Right now, if I woke up at two in the morning, I'm not going to jump to editing my book because right. that's actually really stressful yeah. to me right now, you know? So you got to pay attention to yourself. You have to pay attention pay attention to what the Lord's saying to you. You need, you need to make sure that you're having real genuine time with the Lord, Mm -hmm. um, that he's giving you revelation, um, fresh insights from him. Um, because ultimately that's that power source. That's it. Like, I don't know what else to do. I'm so tired. I've tried everything to rest. And ultimately when you really, really get some time with the Lord, he's the one that recharges. He's the one that brings new revelation. He's the one that brings that real clear introspection of Ryan, you've been diving into this for a while and it's actually really starting to hurt you. You need to pull back and you need to go into this, you know? So super long answer to a short question. No, no, that's, that's good. (laughs) So good, Ryan. I, I think last, last podcast, we, there was another thing that we dove into a little bit that I would like to talk about. And it's this idea in Hebrews three and four, where, where it talks about Israel was unable to enter into the rest, the promise of rest because of their unbelief. And I think you were for the people of God. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and you were just touching on that exact same point because there is an element of faith that's involved in for sure. If I'm not going to be the one who labors, but I'm allow the Lord to like take me into that place of rest by trusting in his faithfulness. Yeah. And I think that it's really, really hard for us who are constantly going, 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 going to be able to disengage enough to just believe that, okay, it's going to be okay. And I'm going to allow God to be the author and perfecter of my faith. And I think that you touched on a great point where you're saying, I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'm seeing this person over here and there's a temptation to compare and be like, I should be doing more stuff for the Lord. I should be working harder. I should be kind of grinding a little bit more at at, at that ideal. And and that is, and that's such a, that's such a big word that we have in our society right now. But I think that the countercultural idea is stepping back and saying, okay, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I need to trust that the Lord's got me. He's going to take yes. me into the place that I need to be. And I think, I mean, I, I'm curious to know, there's got to be a temptation for you once outcry was kind of removed from your life to immediately fill that with a million yes. other things. Yes. Yeah. We, I, we were flying to Portland when I got the news and I was sitting mm-hmm. with David Stockton. Yeah. We were getting ready to fly to Portland and, um, him and I processed a little bit and then we processed on the Uber ride, you know, to our, to our Airbnb and all that. And I, I was like, I think I'm doing okay. I think I'm fine. You know, like I had told myself like, it's, I think I'm good. Like, and I had done the heart checks of like, am I wrapping too much identity around it? Mm-hmm. You don't really know if you've wrapped too much identity around it until it's pulled from you. Yeah. Like that's the real moment where you're exactly. like, Oh, yowch. I guess I did have more identity wrapped around that than I thought. Mm-hmm. And what I had one of those moments Mark and David were doing something and I I was like, I'm going to go to this cool coffee shop that I saw, which is Portland. There's cool coffee shops everywhere. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to go up to the coffee <laughs> shop. I'm like, gonna, I'm just going to like pray a little bit, have a little space. Maybe I'll read, you know, and I um, got my coffee, sat down and within two minutes, I was texting everybody that I could think of mm-hmm. to be on my podcast, which is just dumb. Like I'm <laughs> texting everybody that's ever been on Outcry, you know. And I realized that was me like grasping for something. I'm like, okay, if that's not going to be going on, I'm going to fill it with this. And again, that self-awareness of like, okay, no, I'm not going to do that, you know. Mm -hmm. But that faith element is huge because then it really ultimately everything ties back to identity. Like where where am I anchoring my identity to? And we have anchor points for our our identity all over the place. I'm a husband, I'm a parent, you know, whatever. Um, but there's, there's occasionally anchors that we throw into things mm-hmm. that we shouldn't. 
and something like outcry, what you do, your job, that's not your anchor. If that's your main anchor and yeah. you lose your job, now you don't know who you are. Um, and you have to anchor into what God says about you. Mm. And there's global things that God says about you, like you're, you're uh, you know, a, a son of God. You are, and Jay loves to use the imagery from uh, Hebrews of, of being a priest. Um, yeah. There's yeah. imagery of saying we are the, uh, we are the temple of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. So there's all these things that God says about you globally. But when you have relationship with the Holy Spirit, you start to learn individual things too. Like right. this is who I am. This is what God says about me. Um, because there's nobody else on earth like me. Mm-hmm. Um, without that anchor point, you don't get into that Matthew 11 like we were talking about yesterday. I love yeah. the way the message puts it. You'll find real rest. Um, you'll find the unforced rhythms mm-hmm. of grace. That is the thing that I'm like, we are all hungry for that unforced rhythm. Yeah. And you dive into Hebrews. I, lo- I love that. And I, we're, we're talking a lot about that, me and David. Um, and going, there is rest for the people of God when we set our faith mm-hmm. back into back into God. Right. There is that rest when you're like, I'm not going to worry about what everyone else is doing on Instagram, or I'm going to read everyone else's Instagram knowing that this is not their real, real life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, my Instagram's got a lot of highlights. Yeah. I did talk about my dog dying. I guess that was like a low point. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, I'm like, I talk about good stuff on Instagram. Um, what you won't hear me say is like, oh, me and... You know, me and Toby got in a big fight the other day or whatever, mm-hmm. or we're still dealing with whatever. Like, there's real, real life that is not going to make it on social media. Yeah. We all know that it's not going to. There's this kind of unsaid rule that mm-hmm. it's like, eh, it's a little too far or a little too uncomfortable or a little awkward, yeah. you know. Um, and you have to read Instagram for what it is. It's like that highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And when you get into that comparison, um, when you lose your anchor point in what God says about you, it becomes exhausting. You'll never find a place to rest mm-hmm. because you don't know what God's saying to you. you. You're not aware of what he's saying to you at this season. You're not aware of what he says about you in the Bible. Like right. There are these anchor points that we have to have to lock into. And that's why I said I love the that verse I found this week in um, it's Psalms 116.7, I yeah. think. And it's return to rest my soul, mm-hmm. like that, like talking to yourself sort of language, which I just love, um, for the Lord has been good to you. Yeah. So you start with thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And that's that like you cannot have rest without thanksgiving. Like you cannot, you can't, you can't be unthankful about everything in your life and compare it to everything on Instagram and find rest. Totally. Like you just, they won't fit in the same space. So you have to be able to pause and go, I'm so thankful for what you've done. I'm so thankful for who I am. I'm so thankful for the place that you have me right now. And out of that place, then you can walk and rest. That's so good. So Yeah, that's a, that's a lot to digest right there. I mean, <laughs> no. So good. Uh, you were just in Portland, and you were, you were visiting Bridgetown Church. And um, th- their pastor, John Mark Comer, has an amazing teaching hmm. on work and rest. And I think that he really roots it in that Genesis 1 reality that yeah. we are made in the image of God. And, yeah. I, and that means that the things that we see God doing, we're mm-hmm. supposed to imitate. You know, we're yeah. imitators of Christ. And so we see God working for six days and then resting for a day. Yeah. And so that's an integral part of our identity. That I mean, this isn't yes. something you have to really necessarily have a clear word from the Lord on. You can see this clearly portrayed in Scripture. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us, we like to identify with those six days of work because it makes us feel important. You know what for I mean? Sure. I've, got, yes, I've got these things sure. that I'm going after and I'm advancing the kingdom of God, especially yes. for those of us in ministry. It's incredibly difficult. 
Enneagram threes. Check, check, yep. check. Yeah, I got did it, did it, did it, did it. Yeah. Totally. And yeah, then, yeah. but it's that other component of like, obviously God didn't need rest in the, in terms of like, he's yeah. all powerful, doesn't need to recharge, but he demonstrated something for us that yeah. is inherently human. And that is, a, is, is this idea of thankfulness of sitting back and saying it's good. Mm-hmm. And I think that I love that God demonstrates that because I really do believe that for six days we labor and on that seventh day, we can look back and just be content. Yes. And I think yeah. I, I love the way the apostle Paul says that he's like, you know, I've learned the secret of contentment. I've learned how to be um, yes. thankful with little yeah, and yeah, yeah. with much. And I think that that's really the key to entering into a place of rest because mm-hmm. without that element of Thanksgiving, it's just, you know, I'm just watching the clock like, all right, when can I start working again? Yes. Instead of really enjoying the fruits that God's bearing in our lives. Yes. So. Yeah. That's like the, the book that Abraham Herschel, I can't, I can't remember his the last se- name. Yeah. yeah. Abraham said, Joshua Heschel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. There it is. So. Uh, when he's like, I am, you know, like God calls us to, uh, to labor for six days to dominate the earth like there's like this idea of yeah. like i'm going to take this like the this raw creation mm-hmm. in front of me and i'm going to labor to make something new out of it yeah and that's what we do six days a week i love when david goes some of you need to work up to six days a week yeah, exactly but six days a week like we are called to work really hard and dig in and and but on the seventh day we're called to dominate self which i think is so yeah. interesting when he uses that language it's like we have to like david says the resistance we have to create that space and that's what separates us from everybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. Following God, looking at his example and going, okay, you showed us rest. We're going to do the same thing. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's, that's what it all comes down to is rest yeah. is found in the places we're able to kind of disconnect from this reality that the world is constantly putting in front of us, especially as, as Western Christians. It's our identity is so tied up in what we can produce. Yeah. And I don't think that it's, I think that, especially in that book, Garden City, John Mark Comer really does dive into the fact that work is really important. And I don't yeah. think that we should completely disregard that because I think a lot of Christians do. They're just like, ah, what I do doesn't really matter. It yeah. does. It's it does. so connected to who you are as a human being. Yes. But equally so is rest. Yes. And yeah. I think that that, I mean, you kind of walk that line where it's like, I'm only... Yeah, and then I love that we're in this series called The Other Hours because yeah. we're really talking about the fact that God doesn't really want to make you... a a good Christian just on Sundays. He wants to teach you how to redeem the hours that yes. you've got that are, you know, you got 168 hours in a week, 167 about of those yes. you're not spending in church. Yeah. And so, th- but those hours are, are hours of work and rest. And we're having yeah. to find that balance of, of understanding. And I think what you're talking about with, with disconnecting from technology and understanding what that does to you is so vitally important because yeah. that's just not something we talk about very often. No, no, no. Yeah. And I think, um, when you start to look at, um, it's so funny again, Enneagram three, like <laughs> I, I want to be so productive. Right. And at the same time, I realize, and I've, I've come to understand when I could just let myself not be productive mm-hmm. and go today, I'm going to be lazy and I'm going to waste time. Like <laughs> as an Enneagram three, I'm like, oh, it hurts to even just say that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to let yourself do that. Go, okay, I'm going to let myself shut down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to go hang out and swim in the pool for a little while, like whatever it is. And the older you get, I think the harder it is for you to like let yourself do that. The more the gravity of the world pulls you into this like machine where you can never Mm -hmm. stop producing. Um, But then you find yourself more productive on the other side. Like that's a weird like catch 22 of it. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, if you get really good at rest and you really do find out what recharges you and you spend your time 
not comparing yourself to other people and pouring into your family and being aware of what's going on, you find yourself a lot more productive totally. those other six days. Yeah, you know? and, and yet at the same time, we have to understand, like, that's not the point. That's not the point. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like, yeah, yes, yeah, productivity totally. is great. And, 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 and <laughs> yes. I think that we can kind of get in that mindset where it's like, I'm only resting so that I can get better totally, at work. And yeah. it's like, we got to get away from that mindset because, I mean, we're talking about Enneagram. And I'm a one. So, yes. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? I've got, constantly got this urge to, like, I've got to be improving. I've got to be yes. growing myself. You know what I yes. mean? And I think there is a place for, for finding I mean, yes, we dominate ourselves on the Sabbath. We're mm. learning how to um, increase that interior life. You know yes, what I mean? for sure. But at Great the same imagery. time, it's, it is about faith. And that yes. for, for me, my greatest struggle is on the Sabbath, I want to dig in and be like, all right, what's all the things that are wrong with me? Let's fix those right yes. now. Yeah. And my struggle is always being like, all right, Lord, you are the one who's going to bring about the yes. transformation. You're the one who's going to bring about um, the you know, bearing fruit. A tree cannot bear fruit by itself. It yeah. can't like muster up enough strength in order to, to do that. It's a, it's a process. You know As a I mean? one, you need to rest from self-improvement. Exactly. <laughs> like so. I need to rest from trying to make myself. Well, I love when David said a couple of weeks ago, as a father, he's got to rest in ter terms of trying to make his kids better, which yeah. I struggle with all the time. Like kids, you're fighting. Let me sit you down and tell you how, why that's wrong. And taking a rest from that mm. and being like, okay, I'm not going to improve anybody today. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. I'm gonna spend some time with God, spend some time with my family, and really be engaged. You totally. Know? And, and self awareness is really so important in that. Yeah. You yeah. have to know what is rest for you, how to achieve that. Mm. And I think, like, obviously, we can talk about some very general principles as far as like 24 hours of rest is awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? But you got to figure out how to use that. And that's bringing it mm. all the way back around. Like, if you've still got yourself, phone on and you're and you're like engaging with the world even when you're trying to take a like a quiet time or a time away yeah. it's just not gonna work yes and yeah. so I think that for me I've been analyzing kind of the way that I spend my my time and the, the amount of time that I spend on technology and how it affects me mm. and I do think that that's really the challenge that you're that I kind of walked away from with yes. your sermon was you got to understand how to achieve a deep level of rest because there is surface level rest you know what yes. I mean it's and we don't want that I think God really does want us to live in abundance life and yes. and a part of that is like really understanding the depths of the rest that he has for us for sure so yeah, for sure yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah ryan i'm so glad that you're on the show today this yeah. has been this has been so much fun i'm excited for next time we can talk <laughs> yeah. about creativity <laughs> so. thanks brandon we are going to dive into so much more yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to be really good thanks for having me thank on. you so much man all right, everyone, thank you so much for watching the Living Streams podcast. Make sure to subscribe, check out all future upcoming content, like maybe another podcast with Ryan Romeo in the future. So make sure to stay tuned to check those things out. Have a good one. This has been a production of Living Streams Church in Phoenix, Arizona. If you like what you heard, please visit us at livingstreams.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 